I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh, holy cow. Do we have an awesome episode for you today? We have a special guest, Glynis Tao, coming on the show to share her incredible story of not only chasing her dream, but actually achieving it with great success. She loves to inspire and help others to achieve their dreams, too. Can't wait to bring her on. This is going to be so much fun. We'll definitely discuss The Mandalorian Episode 1 of Season 2 as well. And today, we remember a great man. Sir Sean Connery. We will pass through the American patrols, pass their sonar nets, and lay off their largest city and listen to their rock and roll while we conduct missile drills. Well then, let's rock it. Welcome to the Real Brian Show. Welcome to the Rock, Brian. Oh, well, my name's not Brian. This is Sean Connery. No, I I think this is Sean Connery. What? You can't have two Sean Conneries. I think you can, young man. Uh, uh, is my Sean Connery voice up to par today? I mean, it's kind of just easy. It, uh, you have to just make every S into that's a right. sh- that's sound, right? right? An SH, yeah. right? And, and it's better if you're eating food, too, so you're like... Yes, yes. No. Yeah. Personally, I give us one chance in three. Yeah. I give you the ballistic missile submarine. Red- I- See, now I'm losing it. I'm losing <laughs> it, man. I- it, was- it was fun while it lasted, but anyway, welcome to it's- the O'Brien Show. Thanks for joining us. So excited. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do his voice for a long period of time. I used to yeah. be able to do it for a long time, but I mean, yeah, uh, yes, folks. Oh, I used man. to stand in front of the mirror and do Sean Con... <laughs> no, not really, but, but I-, I could... Back back in the day, I could probably do that for a while, and now yeah. it's it just sound, starts sounding awkward after a couple seconds. So, although <laughs> it, it's a really fun voice, I mean, we've been it's oh, a, yeah. it's a sad day. I'm sorry, it's a sad day, but we've been doing Sean Connery imitations on the show for the entire time. I mean, it's something I've been doing Sean Connery imitations since I was a kid. <laughs> I just love it. It's one of my favorite voices to do. I love Sean Connery. I've loved his movies, and he died this week, and that was really sad. But here's the thing. He made it to age 90. That's amazing. And two, he had had a very long sickness and was not doing well for, unfortunately, quite some time. So, you you know, on one hand, it's sad to lose him. And on the other hand, I'm glad he's not suffering anymore. Right. That's a good attitude. Yeah. And and I had no idea he was born in 1930. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize he was... I knew he was old, but I didn't realize he was quite that old. So, yeah. uh, yes, any of you out there who are 90, yes, you are old. Sorry. <laughs> dude, dude. I don't mean to insult anyone. Remember, you're not old until you're dead. Sean Connery, awesome. <laughs> I mean, if here's the crazy thing. The last movie that probably really anyone's heard of that he did was 17 years ago, which is crazy. 2003. And it Which was one? The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, gosh, yeah. I wiped that from my memory. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it really wasn't a very good film. And Sadly. that's probably why he stopped doing movies. Well, he was getting up there, too. <laughs> I mean, he's in his 70s at that point. He did a couple of, like, random little things beyond that, but nothing really popular, right. nothing that exciting. But before that, you know, there was Finding Forrester and Entrapment. But 
I mean, I grew up on 80s and 90s Sean Connery films, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a few minutes. We actually do want to do some kind of a uh, a little remembering of Sean Connery today. Yeah, it'll be fun. Brian, I'd like to yes. ask you a question now. What, what what are you drinking? A martini, shaken, not stirred. Actually, that's not true. I'm, I decided to give up martinis, and now I'm drinking pumpkin cream cold brew. That's kind of lame, no, Brian. it's fantastic. How it, can it, you say you're actually Sean Connery if you're drinking pumpkin cream cold brew? Well, if I were drinking a martini, I would be... Bond. James Bond. But I'm not. I'm, I'm drinking <laughs> pumpkin cold cream. I, I don't know. Here's one of my favorite Sean Connery quotes of all time, okay? It looks like this is my lucky day. I'll take the rapists for 200. That's therapist. <laughs> I wanted to just take a few minutes before we bring Glennis onto the show and just remember Sean Connery, some of our favorite Sean Connery movies. By the way, I got some cool, cool responses from certain people on some of their favorite movies, but I want to share mine really quickly. Yes, he was James Bond. I did not actually watch much of the original James Bond movies. I didn't start watching James Bond until Pierce Brosnan came in. Oh, wow. I have yet to go back, get my hands on James Bond movies and actually like watch them. I just, I've never gotten them. I've never had access to them and I've never watched them. So someday I will, because that's actually something I've wanted to do. James Bond aside, because I know a lot of people are going to share that my favorite all time favorite Sean Connery movie was hunt for Red October hundred percent. And not to mention because it's Tom Clancy, the hunt for Red October itself was just an amazing story. Good book. Yeah. And just, ugh, I loved that movie. I've read that book four times, by the way, Brian, I'm not kidding. <sighs> that's awesome. Give me a ping for silly. One ping only, please. Be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. Do you know how many times I said that quote to people over and over? I just love that movie. Oh, my gosh. If you've never seen The Hunt for Red October, go check it out. Do yourself a favor. You'll thank me. It's a great film. It still holds up, by the way. It's very good. And it's a fantastic Cold War era movie. And it was Industrial Light and Magic that did all the special effects. And... One of my favorite, favorite soundtrack composers, Basil Polidorus, who also did Starship Troopers, did the entire Hunt for Red October soundtrack. It is one of the best hands down soundtracks ever made, in my opinion, which is truth. (laughs) It's really good, though. I mean, go listen. It's wow. And great actors. I mean, some of them very young, kind of like, wow, this guy was in there and this person. Oh, yeah, it's it's fun to see um, Alec Baldwin in that movie. He's yeah. so young. I know, <laughs> He's he really is. like mid twenties or something. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. And then of course there's the rock, which is one of my absolute favorite movies. I haven't watched that in a while. I have a movie poster of the rock here in the studio, by the way. Indeed. If you can even find it. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f- the prom queen. And then of course, <laughs> Nicholas Cage responded with Carla was the prom queen. His, his girlfriend. So <laughs> good <laughs> mic drop. Yeah. Oh man, that was such a good movie. And I have visited Alcatraz multiple times. I was a former resident there before they shut down the prison. We so that, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I was hanging out with Al Capone back in the day. It was pretty fun. You guys know I'm a lot older than I look. So, and then my, my third favorite, definitely, even though he didn't have like a huge major role, but he still had a significant role was Indiana Jones in the last crusade. I loved him in that movie. And then I have to throw in the Highlander as my fourth one because I love the Highlander and then Untouchables. He's been in so many other movies like Finding Forrester, right. which was a good movie, but I don't remember it very much. He was an entrapment. And of course, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which, you know, I didn't get into as much. 
you know, he's been in a lot, right? So those are my top five, though, personally. Those are the exact same top five that I have, Brian. I'm not doing that because I'm being lazy. I did quite a bit of research <laughs> about this before the show. Yeah. Those are literally my top five. As far as Sean Connery's role, I think he was better in The Rock, but Hump for October is still my favorite of his movies, for sure. Mm-hmm. Last Crusade, Highlander, Untouchables, in that order, I have the exact same order. That's so awesome. Just like you, I was not into, I've never have been into James Bond. You've seen more James Bond movies than I am. That's true. Than I have. Yeah, so. you're either into it or you're not. Right. I did ask around, which by the way, thank you for giving me some feedback. It was great. Chris sent in his four favorites other than the Bond movies. He would say Finding Forrester, Entrapment, Medicine Man, if you remember that one. I found the cure to the uh, plague of oh, the 20th yeah, century. Medicine Man. Yeah, remember that one? I forgot about that movie. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. It was a good movie. I, I, it was. I, you know, I only actually saw forgot. It yeah. I, I only saw it once as well. I saw it in the theaters. I hadn't thought of it until just now. So yeah. thank you, Chris. And then The Rock, of course. So those are his four. Fantastic wrote in and said The Hunt for Red October, his number one by far. And then The Rock and Dragonheart. He voiced the dragon, if you remember that one. Oh, that's right. The good thing about this feedback is that it's reminding us of movies that we've totally forgotten about. Exactly. Uh, so. Let's see. Sithmaster Jay said, well, he had a lot of them. Any of the Bond movies, Untouchables, The Rock, Hunt for Red October, one of his all-time faves as well. Highlander, Time Bandits. I forgot that he was in Time Bandits. Oh my gosh. And then near the beginning of the movie, when like the first place they went, he was the Mycenaean king. I totally forgot about that role as well. Yeah, yeah that was. And I need to go back and great. watch that because I saw it as a kid and I don't remember that movie at all. That's another one that still stands up, by the way, Brian. The Time Bandits. Yeah, Check it out. That would be a please. fun one. Okay, so he, of course he mentioned Dragonheart. He said he was in two crappy movies, 98's The Avengers, <laughs> which he, he says wasn't all that bad. But yeah, there was an Avengers movie in 1998 with Uma Thurman. She was in it, Sean oh. Connery. Oh. And then, of course, he mentioned League of Extraordinary Gentlemen should and could have been a lot better. And then he mentioned a, a drama movie called Presido? Presido? Presidio? Maybe. I'm not familiar with that. Hmm. Again, some of the movies anyway. we haven't seen, so we should go check it out. A couple more, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, uh, my mom's like Hunt for Red October. Best movie ever. <laughs> Your mom? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> yes. Awesome. Moonlight setting James Bond and Indiana Jones aside murder on the Orient Express. And I don't remember him being as it must have been one of the originals. Just cause forgot about that movie. I, I'm yeah, not even sure if I too. saw that one. I think mm. I saw that one back okay. in the day, but I, I've forgotten what happened and everything. Like it, like I said, back, back when we were young, Sir Connery was in a lot of movies. He was much bigger name for our parents' generation even than for oh, ours. True. He was starting to wane when we were in our adolescence and you know teenage and college years. That's true. And then he just, and he just kind of faded away. He started in legend. the 50s acting, so. which is incredible. So Moonlight also said League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and then First Night, which... I dude. Yeah. You remember that? Come on. How it can was, I? Okay. It was King right. Arthur. Okay. First night along with <laughs> Braveheart when it came out in the mid nineties, I, I don't know why <laughs> I'm so stupid to forget about that because I adored that movie and I saw it three or four times in the theaters. Like I, I went to see it with my girlfriend at the time. The next day, right after work, I had this part-time job. I went to the theater and saw it by myself again because I thought I just thought it was the best thing ever. And when I watch it now, it's still a good movie, but I, I don't get why I was so obsessed with it at the time. So yeah. thanks for reminding me. I forgot about First Night <laughs> and I owned it on VHS for years and I, I never did get it on DVD. But I need uh, to watch that because I think what I was originally thinking of was it was a Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger and that is definitely right. not the movie, you know, so it reminded me that I, I don't remember First Night at Fair all. Fair enough. Spider-Pan, You Only Live Twice, Last Crusade. 
And then this one is one of his first, if not his first movie, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I've never seen it. I had recently just heard of it. The Great Train Robbery is from Jeff. Also great movie, but he was saying that Connery's stunt work on the train is amazing. Oh, and uh, Spider-Pan also says Highlander. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad we got a chance to do this and have a little remembering of Sean Connery because yeah, he's a very important thing. He's worth remembering. He was a he was a really cool actor and such an iconic figure in 20th century film, for sure. So, yeah. Absolutely. What does it always mean? Is this Junior? That's his name. Henry Jones Jr. Like Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> the dog? You were named after the dog? Oh, uh, good times. Well, it is imperative that we bring Glennis Tao on the show right now. So excited. And I met Glennis briefly just recently. She had listened to the show and, and said, oh, my gosh, I think I would. I, I have some stuff I want to share. And she has a very interesting background with her own company that she created in 2005, which actually was very, very successful and popular with comic and anime fans and sold really well at comic cons and she's been in apparel for most of her life she has had incredible opportunities to work with large companies like google and reebok and she has a huge passion for helping others to chase their dreams as she has done that her entire career which is so amazing she really really is somebody we need right now in this world to inspire us to chase our dreams and the ideas that we have right now so glennis welcome to the real brian show Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited you are here too. We, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. First of all, what are you nerding out on right now? I'm nerding out on health and wellness stuff. Mm. All this coronavirus, it's just important to consider your health and staying healthy and keeping the immune system healthy. So I have a few things that I do. I actually, I'm kind of obsessed with essential oils oh, and nice. I have the running right now. I have nice. like diffusers. Yeah, a little diffuser. Yeah, we every have room on my house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, and depending on, you know, how I want to feel at the moment, if I need to be more alert, I'll have a certain oil going. That's Interesting. Awesome. I just yeah. made a brand new, you know, kind of a fallish hand soap for the month of November last night. And I did, let's see, nutmeg and ginger and a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of clove, mostly nutmeg and ginger, just because I wanted something. It smells so good. And you use essential essential oils for that, Brian? Yeah, I I use that. And then I use like a Dr. Bronner's unscented Castile soap or whatever he has, you know, you just pour that in and add the oils to it and mix it. Put a little water in it because otherwise it gets a little thick, but that's it. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I've heard good. of people doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. What oil are you diffusing right now? Glennis? Right now I have a blend of peppermint and lemon. Oh, nice. And mm. I, I find it's just so invigorating and energizing yeah. for me because I don't drink caffeine. Like I don't drink coffee or anything. I, I'll drink like herbal tea, but I find with the essential oils, having the right scent, like, you know, something like peppermint that's very stimulating. It's great. Nice. I feel it has the same effect. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yay. I'm, well, I'm glad we have some other friends here on the show who love to nerd out on essential oils too. And it's fun. Now, one thing I did read and I need to find the actual scientific research that they did. But at one point, somebody was talking about how candles, burning candles was, was especially bad for men. So one of the things we just, I mean, I still burn candles once in a while, but one of the things we decided was, okay, well, that's where you bring out the essential oils and diffuse them because you can have some wonderful scents to go along with your mood, the season, like you said, energy, you know, giving yourself some, some caffeinated energy, even though you're not caffeinated. 
<laughs> the essential oils I'm using are the natural ones that don't have any chemicals in them. Beautiful. So you got to make sure, you know, that they are pure and natural yeah. that come from plants and not synthetics and chemicals. And yeah. what you're just saying about the candles, there are some pretty bad ones there, right? Like yeah. Glade that are oh. marketed as, you know, oh, yeah. kind of like those are really bad because they're all just chemicals in there. Yeah. But there are good candles there as well. Like if they're soy based candles as okay. well, but look for the natural ones. I think they're better for you because you're putting more chemicals into the air yeah. by burning yeah. stuff like that. It's just interesting that they market them as air fresheners and they're actually oh, creating more pollution in the air oh. than if you just open your window and let the fresh air in wow. rather than burning one of those candles. That's all I have to say about that. No, but yeah. that's good to know because it's the little things like that you don't realize because, I mean, think about it. Companies, no offense against Glade, but companies like Glade, some of the bigger companies, they don't care if they're healthy or not. They just want to make money. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. So they're out there. Now, let me ask you this, though, and this is not a pitch. I'm just curious, but where do you get your oils from? I use Young Living. Oh, you do? Okay. Oils. Nice. I'm not affiliated with them anyway. I'm not like, you know, I don't sell oils, but I just prefer them because okay. I find them just to be so pure and yeah. they smell really good. Yeah. Nice. We started with Young Living, but then um, we found Rocky Mountain Oils and they're fantastic, too. We looked at their purity and they share everything security scores and everything it's beautiful so it's cool there's some good companies out there yeah it's good companies and transparent yeah you do karate talk about that really quick yeah i love karate it's a great form of exercise i wish more people actually knew the benefits of karate it's a martial art but i feel it has like mental and spiritual and physical benefits to it mm -hmm. and it's also a great form of exercise that doesn't require anything special really or any kind of equipment. I've been training now for about two years and got my brown belt recently. Nice. And yeah, I really enjoy it. I made some great friends from that. My dojo had actually shut down for six months because of COVID yeah. and had reopened in September. So I'm just happy to be back. That's awesome. So not only do you kick butt in business, but you can kick butt physically too, which is <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I love it. I did learn some martial arts, you know, kind of the basic stuff as a kid. And then I had a fascination with martial arts and even kendo actually in high school, especially I was huge into mm -hmm. studying kendo, but I never actually took kendo. So, you know, I learned stuff through watching others, but you know, as Mr. Miyagi would say, learn karate from book. No, not a good idea. I, I never Not had a idea, but I, never had a I was actually inspired watching Karate Kid. The original mm -hmm. Karate nice. Kid was the one that actually got me interested in it yeah. when I was a kid, but I didn't actually do it until I was in my 20s. And then I stopped for a little while because I had moved. Mm -hmm. And recently I had started back again, like nice. took about a 20 year break in between, but I knew I always wanted to get back into it. Yeah. And I had some issue that happened to me where I was kind of bullied by a coworker oh. and I felt like I needed to regain my confidence. Yeah. And what better way to do that was through this sport, or I guess yeah. it's like this martial art, right? Yeah. And that's really what motivated me to join karate. That's cool. So it wasn't watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch been. that too. Yeah, okay. yeah. What a great show. We like that, that show. Yeah. Like I'm sorry about the bullying. And I keep telling people this, that, you know, everybody's still stuck on the whole idea that bullying is in the childhood. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it happens no. in adulthood. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And we don't know how pervasive it is, especially in the workplace. Yeah. And I only found that out after it happened to me. And I was looking into this. People don't really 
talk about it or they don't report it. What happened to me was that I felt like I was discriminated and harassed by a coworker mm. where the environment I was working in just felt really toxic and I just felt gross just going in there every day to work. I actually filed a formal complaint. Yeah. I was like, I had to set some kind of precedence for this. And I think people would just kind of, they were probably surprised that I actually took that action yeah. because maybe I come across as one who's kind of, I'm, I'm Asian. I look kind of passive and perhaps, you know, I give off that impression like where I appear to be meek, you know, and mm -hmm. that's sort of the reason why I felt like I was targeted for this. And so I said, I was, I'm not going to just be quiet and not say anything. It would just further perpetuate that stereotype, perhaps that Asians are meek. And yeah. so that's what made me want to stand up and do something about it. Nice. Well, good for you. Yeah. Do you ever watch the Shark Tank? Yes. So, you know, Robert Hershevek? Yes. He's he, Canadian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he said once, and I've never forgotten this quote, but he told somebody once, do not mistake my kindness for weakness. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love that quote. I'm so using that forever. It's beautiful. But that's the same kind of thing. It's like, I mean, I don't even know. Maybe you're passive. Maybe you're meek. I don't know. But you're in my experience so far of you, you're very kind, but that doesn't make oh, you weak. You. See, that's the thing. Good for and, and that's sort of what I came across, I think, to my coworker is that she felt that I wasn't tough enough. Interesting. And that's just how I, I treat people the way I want to be treated myself. Yeah. Whether or not that's seen as, as weakness or you're not tough enough. Like, I think that's just her thing. Yeah. And so she probably, I feel that she probably had an issue from her past she hadn't dealt with with herself. Yeah, sure. She had a problem with herself and the problem totally. wasn't with me. And so when I came up to that realization that her problems with herself, it's not with me. Yeah. Then I was able to like, okay, move past this and think of, well, what can I do now? Yeah. You know, to move on. And I wanted to also inspire other people as well to be able to stand up for themselves. That's awesome. Did the action you took, did it bear fruit? Did the problem cease? Without getting to, into too much of the details, but right. I feel like <laughs> part of the investigation wasn't conducted very fairly mm. just because it was done through somebody in, within the department. <laughs> so yeah, of like not an outside party. So yeah, bias. But you took the measures that you could and, and showed that you were not a pushover. And you also, at the same time, had the right attitude about the whole situation, which a lot of people fail to come to that realization that the person bullying you, not that they should be catered to, but once you understand where they're coming from, or at least have a good idea of where they're coming from, you know, you can rise above it and unleash your own superhero in, in that regard, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so good for you. Yeah, thank you. I think that's how I came out of it. And with this, I took it as a lesson. That's awesome. Uh, and it really inspired me to start my own creative consulting agency, Chase Your Dreams. Nice. Yes. Speaking of which. Yeah. So you got to share your story kind of from beginning though, like start to where you're at today. Cause I know, you know, you were in apparel. You had great success. I mean, it was crazy. And not to mention there, there's a fun little story here with having incredible success as well with cosplayers, anime, comic fans, etc. And that's kind of where you were saying, Hey, this, this is an interesting little uniqueness. And I said, okay, we got to have you on the show. So talk about that. I studied fashion design at Ryerson University in Toronto, mm -hmm. and I worked in the industry for quite a number of years, probably a decade for a lot of big brands, starting with Club Monaco. It was my first job yes. out of university. And while it was still a Canadian company back then, and it actually got sold to Polo Ralph Lauren. Oh. And 
Yeah, <laughs> it was such a great experience working there. And I moved on to other jobs in the industry. And my last position, I worked as a product manager for Reebok Canada. Mm-hmm. I was in charge of the uniform redesign for the Canadian Football League. So I was had my hand in designing the uniforms for the CFL with nice. the U.S. design team over in Boston. That's cool. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet some of the, the football players. We had a big launch party. I didn't even know anything about football back then. <laughs> to be totally honest, it was just like Did it turn girl. you into a football fan or is it just like, oh, this is great. Now I know. <laughs> I got to go to a football game. We oh, like fun. I was living in Toronto at that time and we drove down the states into into Buffalo and got to watch the Buffalo Bills. Oh, oh nice. Cool. Yeah. And I got to see what, you know, American football is like and what a tailgate party is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. But the the big question is do you remember the tailgate party? <laughs> in, in other words, did you do it properly as a, as a true American tailgating would do it? I don't think I got the full experience. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I was kind of standing, you know, on the <laughs> sidelines watching that's what was going on. That's fun. And I like jerseys. So, you know, that's that's cool to hear that you did some design in that. That's neat. It was a lot of fun with that. I never expected to be designing football uniforms when I started fashion school. I thought oh, yeah. I'd be designing haute couture gowns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people would think that they would do it, you know, going to fashion design. But there's yeah. a lot of jobs out there. Oh, yeah. All of that experience, that gave you all the basic skills in fashion design for what you ended up doing, which was Crazy Heads. Yes. So while I was working at Reebok, I happened to attend like a comic book convention in Toronto and noticed that the fans who go to the shows were all dressed up in different costumes from movies and different characters. Mm-hmm. And video game characters, anime. And so I got really inspired by that and used my sewing skills to sew up some fleece hats that were like fleece bunny ear and cat ear hats. (laughs) I got this idea of making animal ear hats out of fleece. So yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to make my own pattern here, cut them up and sewed it on my kitchen table. And then I signed up for the next comic book convention. I had a little table there and sold out. I turned my $25, you know, into $300. Wow. Nice. Wow. Were you like, these are going to sell? Or were you like, wow, I have no idea. And that blew me away. It blew me away. I had no idea (laughs) it would sell out that people would just love them so much. And they were asking for more. And I'm like, I only made 12. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll try the next show. And so I just kind of kept that going as a little side hustle while I was working. Sign up for shows, do them on the weekend or whatever. Suddenly, like, I don't know if you guys know, but Reebok got bought by Adidas. Oh, Oh, I I didn't know that. No. No. (laughs) How funny. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, this happens to me a lot where companies that I work for get bought out and, of course. and then I, I get laid off and lose my job. So, <laughs> oh, so again, I got laid off and lost my job oh, at geez. Reebok. Yeah. Well, I was actually offered a package to relocate to Montreal, but I chose not to. And so at that time, I kind of had like my little hobby business going, making these fleece hats. And I said, you know what? I think it's my opportunity to kind of try it out and see where I can go with it. And yeah. so I went and pretty much signed up for like every show where I could at least drive to. 
right? In Canada and in the US. And I would go to these comic book and anime conventions where my fans were and just kept selling them. It got to a point where retailers would notice and they would place orders with me. I tried to find a home sewer to help me as I couldn't keep up with it, like by cutting and sewing it on my kitchen table anymore. So I found a home sewer and kind of outgrew her. And then I had the factory to help me do the production. So I turned it into a wholesale business. Keep in mind, it was just, it started as a hobby for me. Yeah, like right. I had no idea that but, it would actually turn into a real business. How long did it take from the point where it was a hobby and that first success at that Comic-Con to being to the point where you couldn't make everything yourself? How many years or months went by between that, the start and that point? Oh, it was fairly quick. I would say six months. Oh, wow. Wow. From the time where I was selling from an artist alley table at Comic-Con in Toronto till I got my first retail order to when I'm moved my production to a factory and then finding a distributor after that. So having my products distributed through a pretty big, large comic book distributor, mm-hmm. it just rapidly grew from that. One day, just out of the blue, I got a call from Google Marketing. Yeah, the, the Android marketing department were looking to get custom-made Android hats and hoodies. Interesting. And wow. they had found me, I guess, because they're Google after all, right? So sure. Yeah. Google. <laughs> <You can find anybody>. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay. And they needed the products to be delivered in one month. <laughs> and I kind of quickly went and like, oh, of course, I promised them I would get, just get the order first and then worry about it later. How can I get it done? <laughs> so it was kind of an impossible timeline, but because oh, yeah. of my past experience, I would say working in the industry, I was able to pull it off and deliver to them on time, right? which was right before Christmas holidays. It was actually featured in an Android promo holiday video. Like they used my product twice, like for two years in the the Google holiday video. So it was really cool. And then after that, I got a call from the Google campus merchandise buyer mm-hmm. wanted these products as well. And so then he placed the order on a much larger scale for the retail store for their online store. So I ended up collaborating with Google for probably five years on a whole bunch wow, of products. Wow. Nice. That's cool. So how long did the Crazy Heads business last before you moved on to what you're doing now? I ran it for 10 years. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you sell the business to someone else? I mean, is what you did still out there or is that, did it just kind of fade away? I get that question a lot and mm-hmm. I never actually thought of, I didn't have a succession plan or mm-hmm. anything in place when I had started the business. Like it really just kind of grew organically and I was able to build a multiple six figure business just doing designing stuff that I loved. And to me, I just it didn't feel like work to me. Really, because I, I just love doing it so much and just being able to meet my fans in person. And every time yeah. I went to a convention, they would just come, oh, I've been waiting for you the whole year just, just to see you, you know? And I even did shows in Hawaii. This business afforded me a lot of things to do and experience a lot of things. Yeah. But no, I never really thought of selling it. 
the reason why I actually winded it down was when my son was born in 2016. That was a good excuse to you know, shift your priorities and whatnot. And so, yeah, I felt like my whole life had changed. Hmm. Of course. With, uh, <laughs> with the birth of my son, and yeah. I couldn't manage to do all the traveling that I did. Like We would be on the road a lot, flying to conventions. It was exhausting, and it's just not something that I could have been able to keep up with sure. having a baby. Newborn, yeah. yeah, yeah, understood. Okay, so then you transition to doing what you're doing now, right? Is Was that about the time you were working with Google, you were doing this, and then 2016... Is that when you switched over to Chase Your Dreams? Took a little bit of a break in between. I was like a stay-at-home mom for probably a good two years. That was really my life, you know? I was like, I just want to be there with my son, be a mom and not think about anything. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to get back into the workforce, get a job, work as an employee, or have my own business again. That sort of was that little in-between stage that I had that I was working as an instructor The whole bullying incident kind of happened to me and kind of made me reassess everything and realize that, you know what? I'm an entrepreneur through and through. It's just in my blood. Nice. And that's how I came up with the idea of Chase Your Dreams. And that's what started it all. That's awesome. Okay. So speaking of that, right, you've got that. That's the name of your business, Chase Your Dreams. But also I know it's your passion and I know your passion is to help others to do the same thing. I, I mean, I'm assuming all of this was kind of your dream, but is that true or was was there a specific dream that you chased or I'm just trying to figure out like what that was for you? Well, yeah, the name of Chase Your Dreams comes from my son's name is Chase. Oh, oh. nice. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. <laughs> so it has some meaning to it. My goal is to help fashion entrepreneurs build a purposeful and profitable business so they can make a living doing what they love. Mm-hmm. I'm just teaching what I've done what I know. And hopefully by telling my story to others, I can inspire others to do the same, to go after their dreams that it's possible, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean having to start a business, doing what you love, really, because how much time do you spend at work, working, right? So would you rather be doing something like that you dread and have to drag your feet to work every day or do something that you actually love to do Many people find it difficult to do it, to to go after their dream and their passion, because I know from my friends that they tell me that they don't like their job, but they're just sticking to it because of the security. And they're like, I would not have the courage like like you do to be able to to do what you do. I think one of the biggest things I hear This is business. This is fun. It doesn't matter. But I hear this all the time. People will say, oh, man, I have this this dream or this idea or whatever. And then they'll say, but it will never happen. Or, yeah, right. There's already somebody else out there doing it and they're much more popular. I'm just wondering like what you say to that kind of thing. I see that and hear that from people, which is unfortunate because nobody's telling you you can't do it except for yourself. Sure. Right. That is a big thing to overcome, I think. Well, fear is a big thing. And mindset. I wouldn't say it's easy. I wouldn't say that I'm I'm not afraid and I don't have any fear. I I do have fear, but I don't let that really control me. And also I think for me is because I don't feel that there is security, especially now in this time, right? Even during COVID, like with job security, I don't think that even exists. Hmm. And because the number of times that I had 
I thought I had security, like mm-hmm. working for big companies, right? But I met was managed, managed to get laid off several times. So there wasn't that security. Like that, to me, it's just really an illusion. And your own mindset of thinking, well, what is secure? What isn't? Because mm-hmm. I was able to run my own business for 10 years, which is longer than any job that I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah Working exactly. Working for anybody else. Yeah. And you were successful. <laughs> and I was successful. Yeah. If I was able to do it, it's not like, I don't think I have any superpowers. There's nothing special about me, but I just kept doing it because yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. I think if I can do it, anybody can do it. You have huge expertise in SEO. And I know that that's something you teach and stuff too. And SEO, by the way, for those who don't know what that is, search engine optimization, very critical for businesses. But I mean, even even your hobby podcaster, for example, you know, somebody's doing it for fun. You still got to get found, you know, so there's there's a lot of importance with that. Is that something that you teach heavily or is that just one of the pieces you teach? I'm just kind of curious how that how that plays into the success of someone who wants to truly chase their dreams and see success. So I'm an apparel business consultant and SEO specialist mm-hmm. with 20 years apparel industry experience. So I help fashion companies increase their organic traffic through search engine optimization or SEO. I do business consulting as well. Mm-hmm. I am always learning. This is just my thing, right? Of I'm, course. <laughs> I'm a lifelong learner. So that's another thing I nerd out on. Of course. Big time. I love to learn stuff. And so I just learn SEO. And I have this balance of left brain, right brain, where I'm creative, but yet analytical at the same time. And so learning SEO was very interesting to me. The thing is that with a lot of creatives, they don't understand what SEO is. I even heard somebody say that they thought it was hocus pocus, right? And they're like, I don't know if my SEO is working. I want to take the mystery out of SEO. And because I have this combination of my background in fashion design, I am able to speak to creatives in a language that they're able to understand. So that's how I'm able to teach SEO Mm -hmm. and really want to be able to educate business owners and entrepreneurs the importance of SEO, because I just feel that Every owner needs to understand at least how the fundamentals of what it is, especially today's landscape being most businesses have to have had to go online. Online, like e-commerce has been pretty much like a savior for businesses in this pandemic. You need to have that visibility. And how do you do that? You do that with SEO and, and that's to help you to increase your website's online traffic. Mm-hmm. Organically. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I hear it so much from people who are, like I said, whether it's a business or whether it's a hobby, I, I get the same question all the time is, you know, how do I get more traffic or listeners or viewers or whatever it is, right? And I'll even ask that question to some of the successful people too. And I mean, okay, so as a podcaster, I'm always asking this question How did you get successful? How did you go to where you're at today? One is, you know, they create the show that they love and want to listen to themselves. And also, they're getting the word out. And a lot of them are saying that they're found through search. And other businesses, they're found through search. So, I mean, that's where SEO really comes in and it's so important. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're teaching that. I'm definitely not a master of SEO at all. And there's a lot I have to learn when it comes to that too. So, but it's cool that you're a lifelong learner too. And that's neat that you're yeah. teaching it. And you have to keep up with it because Google's algorithm is always changing. Oh, yeah. oh, they just came up with another core update. <laughs> so oh, we'll no. see what happens with this one. See if, yeah. you know, anything yeah. changes. And not to but, mention, you know, social media's algorithms are just not friendly right now. <laughs> no, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to focus on organic overpaid. There's just so much that 
goes into it. And I don't think you can ever just get tired from it because there's 200 Google ranking factors. And yeah. people actually get surprised when they hear that. Yeah. And there's so much that you can do with it and to get your page to rank number one yeah. on the search engine. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it. We could totally nerd out on SEO. Oh, yes. Totally. That'd be fun. Now, I'm just curious, Glennis, which did you enjoy more, the most, I should say? The creativity of Crazy Heads, working for some of the companies you worked for, or helping others start their own companies? Oh, that's a good question. And you might not have a perfect answer either. Maybe it's more of a combination. I'm not sure. Yeah. I was just, just curious. Maybe it's all of them. Mm, it is all of them. I don't want to take like the cheap answer, but <laughs> I think it was depending on where I am. At the time when I started Crazy Head, like, that was my life, right? Yeah. And I was able to achieve a lot with that and afford things that I didn't think I could and be able to travel to places like Tahiti and Bora Bora with, wow. with that business. Like, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. like, it was amazing. So it was like my dream come true. And now helping others to be able to chase their dreams is a big goal of mine. I'm an apparel business consultant and SEO specialist. What I do, but I actually had this aha moment. What I really am, I think, is a dream enabler. Oh, nice. I would love to be able to teach people how to chase their dreams. That's yeah. so cool. Noble. I love that. See, and that's so, so important right now. One of the things it's, it's so interesting how many times we talk about this on the show because I get this question a lot. And a lot of times people will say, well, you know, yeah, you talk about you know unleashing your superhero and then you, you nerd out and you have a lot of fun. And I think, you know, a lot of people get that, but there are some people that do not understand why do you talk about so many fun things that seem so quote, unnecessary like i will actually get people will say that well talking about movies and tv shows like that's just unnecessary that's just fluff it's superfluous yes right? exactly and <laughs> i mean how many times do i say well i don't i probably don't say this exactly but look at children they know how to have fun why do we lose that when we get older i mean a lot of us do right so it's like Every one of us has a dream somewhere. We have this idea of like, I, I want to do this. This will be fun. Whether it's a business, whether it's for fun, it doesn't really matter, right? But how many of us actually chase that dream ever? I mean, how many of us even try to? Because like you were right. saying, Glennis, you know, well, we, we have our quote security of our job and, you know, we just get stuck there. And well, now we're middle age. And so we're just stuck and we're just kind of in a rut and we, we can't get out of it. Now we just, we're going to one foot in the grave attitude for the rest of our natural life. And attitude being the keyword, by the exactly. Way. Yeah, it's not necessarily reality. So it's just like, yes. wow, what we need that we need to be chasing that dream that we have. I mean, assuming it's a healthy dream, by the way, <laughs> should we should always just kind of clarify that <laughs> some dreams aren't necessarily healthy. Short caveat, yeah. That's so great that you're doing that. We need more of that right now, especially in 2022. I think there's a lot of people who have just said. I mean, I I can't tell you how many people I've heard from already that are like, I need Christmas right now, just for some joy, <laughs> and I'm going. There's some joy right now. And, and what are you doing right now to, to move forward? Well, you know, when a door closes, another door is going to open, that kind of thing. So I'm so glad you're doing this. I know you got to go. We've had some great stuff, by the way. Thank you for sharing everything you've shared. But what specific, let's even say encouragement and piece of advice, whether it's all in one or whether it's two separate things, doesn't matter. But what do you have for us, for those of us who are like, you know, I have a dream or an idea that I want to pursue. What do I do? How do I move forward? Oh, that's a good question. I'm sure Lois was probably thinking that right now, going, I have a dream, but what do I do now? 
and is the dream, is it realistic or, you know, is my dream just a little bit like too far out there? I would say there's nobody that's holding you back, but yourself, nobody's telling you that you can't go after your dream. Look for a role model or a mentor or somebody that you look up to who's actually accomplished that goal or dream that you hope to achieve and see how they were able to do it and look into the Mm. the stories. I love reading autobiographies of successful people and seeing how they did it, how they reached that level of success and learning from that, I think is so inspiring. Think big, really. There's nothing to hold you back. Yeah. But yourself. So go for it. I love that. Glennis, thank you so much. How do we find you? Share every way that we can get in touch with you that you want to share. Well, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle's at Glennis Tao. My website is GlennisTao.com. And I also have a podcast called Chase Your Dreams Podcast. And it's for fashion entrepreneurs who are ready to make a living doing what they love. So go check it out. Awesome. Wonderful. I will link all of those in the show notes, so make sure to go get those. Glennis, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for being a dream enabler. Oh, yes. Honestly. We need more people like you out there. We do. We really do. (laughs) Thank you. Hopefully, I've inspired some people today. And thank you, Brian and Tony, for having me on the show today. All right. Well, it's time to talk some shows. Let's talk STD. Well, yes, Brian, let's talk STDs. I've got lots of experience in that regard. First STD I contracted You know, was, the only uh, way to prevent STDs is abstinence. <laughs> That's at least what I tell my grandchildren. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. I do not want to abstain for a second from season three of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, that's what we're talking. I'm sorry. Star Trek Discovery. Thanks, yeah, STD. Season three, episode three. What did you think? Dude. I thought it was as good as episode one. That's saying a lot because I thought episode one was groundbreaking. I was really starting to appreciate Michael Burnham's character more. Yes. Um, I was thinking of you when I was watching that because this actress is really starting to show her chops in this episode even and in episode one as well. But, you know, and she wasn't really hardly in episode two, but she's really starting to show her chops and, you know, the combination of her acting skills and the writers who have their heads on straight right now. It's a great combination. That's awesome. Well, first of all, loved the episode. I was so pleased with it. And I am so pleased at how good season three is right now. This is me saying how much I'm enjoying it. Some people may not be, and that's fine. I love it. Fair enough. I have said this before that I was not a huge fan of season one. There was there were good moments, but it wasn't, in my opinion, that great to me. Season two, I loved, I loved Captain Pike. I love the stuff that he did. If memory serves was one of my favorite episodes, you know, The last episode of season two was wonderful, but there were a lot of things about season two that just kind of made me yawn like eh, whatever season three, though. So far to me, all three episodes, I've just been like, this is great. And I've said this also before that every Star Trek and we're saying since and including the next generation. So this is not including the original Star Trek at all, by the way, but every Star Trek TV show, next generation, Voyager, Enterprise, Deep Space Nine, all of those struggled in their first two seasons. And if you go back and you rewatch any of those shows, their first two seasons were, eh, they were okay. And then season three, it's like, oh, now we're getting somewhere. And every one of those shows really took off in their season three and season four. I mean, even Enterprise season three was phenomenal. 
but people didn't give it a chance. They went, eh, well, seasons one and two, not so good. And so they left the show. Season three was explosive. No pun intended. And then season four was also really, really good. And they canceled it. And I was like, oh, man, they were just getting their stride. In my opinion, again, this is me seeing this here with Discovery. I feel like it's finally moving forward. I like the direction. And like you said with Michael Burnham, I love her character now. And I think it's really good. It almost you almost got to wonder if the writers, the directors, you know, all the showrunners, everybody, including the actress was kind of like, I don't know. We need to we need to change her character up a little bit. We need to make it better. And what's amazing is that between episodes one and two, it was kind of like, okay, it's been a year. A lot can happen to a character, especially when she's in the 32nd century, essentially by herself without her crew, even though she's with another person. And a lot can happen. A lot can change her. And then, of course, she said, I'm still the same Michael, but I'm also a different Michael. I love that. And I really actually am excited to see where she goes finally. And by the way, her new hairstyle is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> i love it isn't it though i mean seriously so who good. is her stylist i got to get a hold of that i was thinking about kind of doing my hair like that too oh you should brian you should i don't think i have quite the right thickness let's move on let's move on to the mandal okay so mandalorian by the way <laughs> the mandalorian the much awaited season two <laughs> has come out and by the way episode yeah. two you know airs today so but we're talking about episode one what did you think I'm going to be very brief about this, Brian, because I don't, I'm trying to stay positive on the real Brian show, uh, like we've talked about recently. All I'm going to say is that I was embarrassed enough by this season opener that I really don't have much to say. Oh. Yeah. It was essentially a filler episode as the season premiere. It's so not what you're supposed to do hmm. formulaically. Okay. That by itself rubbed me the wrong way, but there was also some bad acting, and, and it just it did not impress me in the slightest. Interesting. Yeah. Your comment about it being a filler episode for the season opener is a hundred percent. Actually, <laughs> I was wondering what you're going to say. No, <laughs> you had me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. And it's so funny because so first of all, I enjoyed the episode. Good. But I had that exact same thought about halfway through the episode going. This does not feel like a season opener. And also, as we've said before, they have eight episodes. They had eight episodes, season one. You don't have time for filler. You better have a really well-crafted story for eight episodes. You have eight episodes for season two. You better have a really well-crafted story for the season two arc. You don't have time for filler. Yeah. And you are correct that you never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, this is like, let's be honest. This is TV show 101. Your season opener and your season finales better be something special. Yeah, and and season one's finale, in my opinion, was very special. I loved it. Very, very good. It was a big bang at the end of a roller coaster of a season, which, you know, some of the episodes I really liked, some of the episodes I thought were awful. So they started this second season. By the way, the first episode of the second season was directed and written by John Favreau, Mm -hmm. who is a professional and he knows better, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what happened and I I don't feel like analyzing it. Honestly, I just have no idea what they did. I feel like this should have been an episode two. Again, I liked the episode. I really did. I don't have anything really bad personally to say about the episode, but as soon as you said that, I'm like, you know, you're absolutely right. This is not season opener material. You need to draw people in like, holy crap. This was one of those, like, if you like the Mandalorian, you're probably going to like it. And if you don't, you're not going to be drawn in by this episode, which really surprised me. But okay, they did. (sighs) I don't want to talk. 
Should we go spoiler here? I, I really no, I need to be spoiler. No, let's just say let's just say that at the very, very, very end of that episode, they showed someone that made your jaw drop. Yes. And it has been rumored for many years, many, many, many years, that this was possible. So this is not like a what? It was more of a hmm, they went there. There there are, yeah, okay, I'm not gonna say much about this. I don't want to spoil it in case you haven't seen it. Yeah. So if you remember in, in season one, when the Mandalorian lands on Tatooine, he lands in that one ship bay and it's that woman with those three droids. I forgot the heck yeah. the droids were called, um, you know, punch him in the nose. Those she's guys. an old school comedian, by the way, I forget her name, but she's yeah. she was a comedian who was actually quite talented. Her character's name is Peli Motto. What I don't understand, because last season and also in this episode is she I didn't know who she was, but I'm like, she looks so familiar to me. I couldn't figure it out, but I'm like, this girl cannot act. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was literally like trying to watch like a, a children's drama. That's exactly right. I, yeah. The whole time I was watching this episode, I thought it's like they're writing and producing this show for young children. Yeah. Like blues clues or something. I mean, that's yeah. really how bad she acts. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is absolutely horrendous. But I just thought, uh, why is she so bad? And then I looked her up and I'm like, she's been in a lot and I've seen her in other things. I mean, one of the ones that I absolutely love her in is, is elf, you know, oh, that's yeah, a yeah. purpley dress and you know, or the one you, you have such a pretty smile. You belong on a Christmas card. Oh, you just made my day. That girl, that's her. And she's been in other things too. And like you said, she's a, she's a, a comedian. She's not a bad actress. I've seen her act better. Why is she so bad in this? I don't understand it. And why did John Favreau of all people allow her to be bad in this? See, I don't blame her. I blame the writers and the director yeah. on this one. So it's one of those, like, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm literally like, I'm shaking my head. I don't know why this is happening. It's bizarre. And, and that character yeah. is so bad of an acting that it literally detracts from the show for me. Here's the thing though. I don't mind her character. I think her character is kind of cool. I wish her character had, more, but I'm like, what? That's it. Anyway, Anyway. But um, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is in it, and I love him. Yeah, he's I, fantastic. I, I kept trying to think, who, how, why do I recognize that guy? It's oh, Timothy gosh. Oliphant. Yeah, he's been. I guess I haven't him. seen him for a long. I mean, since, I, you know, last time I really watched Timothy Oliphant was in Deadwood. He's great. He did great. The thing, though, and I, I'm not. This is not a huge spoiler. I'm going to say it anyway. But they did bring a crate dragon into the story. Oh yeah, that's not a spoiler. That was awesome. I was so excited about that. You know, because in Star Wars: A New Hope, Episode Four you see the bones of the crate dragon or one of the crate dragons when three PO is walking by. Right. And, and you don't like, know that's what it is, but yeah. well, not back then you didn't, but I mean, right. since then we've known that and it's like, that's a giant animal, you know? And then in star Wars, the old, well, they've done it in a lot of other shows too, but in star Wars, the old Republic, the video game, when you go to Tatooine and you're out, you do see the bones of a crate dragon. And I, I mean, I right. remember playing that game and just going, Oh my gosh, this thing is massive. I would never want to face one. And, and then they bring it in. No, you don't in the game, sadly, but they bring it into this. And I was just like, okay, that was cool. And I loved how we see the sand people and we understand a little more about them. I love that stuff. So to me, that was, it was a good episode and it had a good story, but I would agree with you that it didn't belong as a season opener. It belonged as like episode two because yeah, it, it of, barely, some of the introduction of like, wait, what, what, yeah, what's that about? It, and who's that about? The main plot of the episode was textbook filler episode. The main plot of a season premiere episode needs, to, with a capital N, needs to be 100% about pushing the story forward. True. Did a tiny bit, but just a tiny bit. It was yeah. like, 
what you would expect in a filler episode. So yeah, yeah I was it, very disappointed. You get in and you're, you get all excited and then you're disappointed. And then at the very end, you get a little excited again and you're going as far as pushing the story forward. I mean, yeah. And now you're like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. But again, that should have been episode two, but I agree. Whatever. What's done is done. We'll see what happens with episode two. I'm getting ready to watch season four of the expanse. Finally, because oh, it's sci-fi November goodness. and season five comes out mid December. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. And I have my sci-fi November movie list ready to go, but I don't really have anything new. So I'm going to do a lot of rewatches and some of them I haven't seen in a while, like the edge of tomorrow lived. I repeat movie. I've oh, only seen it once. Good, I'm going to watch such it again. a good movie to watch over again. It's, it's oh, a good, yeah. it's a good sci-fi groundhog it's day type. Beautiful. Film, movie. So. And John Carter without the, without the comedy. Do you remember John Carter? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's a great film. I oh, saw that's it a once. Good movie. And I want to watch that one again, too. So that's a good one to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I was even thinking Ender's Game. The book was amazing and the movie was nowhere near as good as the book, but it's okay. It's still fun to watch. Yeah. And then, of course, I'll do Starship Troopers, Fifth Element. Those are some of my classics I have to do every year. But pretty much my shows are Expanse and I mean, what is it? Ten episodes, I think, for season four. But then, of course, we have Discovery and Mandalorian coming out every week. Those are my shows for the month. But if anybody has any other movies that... I mean, maybe I've seen them, but you like, let me you know. should watch some good sci-fi yeah. movies. I'd love to hear about it. So I went over, I found out I had a free donut, one of our local donut shops. I don't eat donuts, Coffee. by the way, hardly at all, but I'm like, oh, it's a free donut. I'm going to go get, well, I know I just, I just don't, it's a lot of sugar, <laughs> but I'm like, is- I'm going to go get a free donut. Why not? I'm going to go over there. And they're like, well, you actually have two free donuts. And I'm like, really? He's like, Whoa. Yeah. I got two free donuts, <laughs> man. It was a great day. Honestly. Oh, it was a beautiful day. And not to mention like the sun was shining. It was 75 degrees. We had just had over a foot of snow and everything was melted. And so I was getting, you know, the beautiful vitamin D and I got to go on a bike ride that day. It was just like that whole day. I just felt so good. And then I capped it off with a sugar bomb. Beautiful. I just, I just want to (laughs) I'm jealous. Well, I hope you were inspired today. This was really, really fun bringing on Glennis. I loved, by the way, this is something I really enjoyed was combining our interview into an actual Friday episode. You know, in the past yeah. I've done the Monday unleashed. Remember we did that TRB unleashed and we had a bunch of guests on and I stopped doing that yeah. for a while. I wanted to try this. I wanted to try integrating an interview. We did this with Lord Thunder a couple weeks ago. Right. We did it again today. The whole point was to integrate an interview into a Friday episode. I love that format. What do you all think? I need to know. Do you prefer it be separate or did you enjoy this? What'd you think? I had a good time. Hope you were inspired. I really hope you chase your dreams. And for those of you who are interested in chasing your dreams and also learning more about that, maybe getting some help, learning about SEO, that kind of thing, please go check out Glennis, her website, all of that. It's GlennisTau.com. And again, this is all going to be in the show notes over at RealBrianShow.com slash 254. If you forget the number, just go to Real Brian Show. Look for the one with Glennis on it. But do go check it out. Give her some love. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. It was fun remembering Sean Connery today. What a great man. Indeed. It's time for Deep Thoughts with Captain Captain Influence. I guess one good thing that comes out of people wearing masks is that if someone barfs, they don't get it all over the place and ruin your day. Well, you know what the music means. Do I, Brian? Actually, I really don't know. Maybe maybe it's... uh, it's time to give me a ping. Give me a ping, Captain yeah, Influence. I'll, I'll give, yeah, I'll One ping only, please. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a beautiful week. We'll see you next Friday. 
This is The Real Brian, The Real Sean Connery Show, signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.